everybody, this is Michael with Better Climbing Beta. I'm accompanied by our resident unpaid intern yeah. and co-host. Tyler. Tyler. And then we have a special guest today, Mr. Ben. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so this podcast, we're going to kind of talk about rock climbing, but more of the metaphysical aspect of rock climbing and how do you balance relationships in your life um, when rock climbing doesn't take up your entire life. So Ben is uh, a gentleman who has a wife and kids and a career, so he's going to maybe hold our hands so Tyler and I can figure out what are we going to do when we grow up. I, and think, have to, I think a lot of my friends might dispute the characterization <laughs> of me as a gentleman. Uh, <laughs> or maybe as long as your wife doesn't. Would, would your wife do that? I don't know. Okay. It depends on her mood. We'll have to have her on sometime. But uh, yeah, w- this is just a kind of a learning platform for Tyler and I. So, And hopefully the world, right? So this goes out to the world. Right on. So the first thing we, we have to do is we have to bring everybody up to speed about you, Ben. So you know, tell me how long you've been climbing, You know how many kids you have. Um, how, what are their ages if you're married when, and what do you do for a living? Sure, sure, sure. So I've been climbing for 20 years this summer. Uh, I was introduced, uh, back, I'm from Illinois originally. So I was introduced in my hometown of Moline, Illinois, and they had a converted racquetball court. And one of my buddies, uh, went to Southern Illinois there and he was all into rock climbing. So he dragged me along. And uh, I'm not an athletic person at all, but I was good at this. And so uh, the, the ego was stroked a little bit, so I got into it. Um, and it's, it's really stuck ever since. I've gone through a couple periods where I didn't climb as much because of injuries, but maybe for the last 10, 12 years, I've been climbing pretty consistently, especially since moving to Cincinnati. Um, so yeah, I'm married. I've been married for 15 years. Uh, I have two kids, uh, Jack and Lucy. They are 12 and 10. And so I, I climbed all through them, my wife being pregnant with them and then being born and, and being little. And that was certainly uh, introduced a different dynamic into the marriage and definitely wasn't always smooth sailing because, you know, I want to go climb and there's like, I'm leaving two small kids at home and <laughs> it's not really cool, yeah, right? Definitely. So we had to, we had to figure, there was some figuring out there that had to be done. Perfect. So did you, uh, so you, you, you were climbing before you got married. Um, so it was already pretty much a, a significant part of your lifestyle, um, which I guess kind of makes that transition a little bit easier because she knew you as a climber. So yes, we we got married and I had been climbing, but I have known my wife since fifth grade. Oh, we, okay. we, we dated since senior, sure. senior high school. So I mean, she knew it was a big part of who I was. She right. knew it was a package deal for sure. Definitely. But um, yeah, we've known each other way too now, long. Now, does your wife does your wife climb at all? She she did a little bit before the kids, and I think mostly it was as a vehicle to be around me, not sure. because she had been bitten by the bug. And she still enjoys going outside and, and hiking, but maybe not so much climbing unless I force her on a rope. Does she understand like climbing terminologies or like can she get excited? Oh with yeah, she's you? down. She's down. Oh cool. So when you come <laughs> home and you're like little mama. I just sent the prod, like third go, and you like go in the whole hand movements, and you're talking about the hold. She figures that. Oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah. She's right. she that's understands. a cool lady. Does do, uh, do your kids climb at all? So my son, it's funny watching your kids climb after you've been climbing for so long, <laughs> yeah. and you you kind of know what kind of style you have, and you've brought them into the gym as they're little, and then you watch them climb, and you're like, oh man, they. They, they're little clones of me. They have they have the same mannerisms. I, I'm you know I'm short and punchy, and I like to do dynamic movements, and I'm not a static climber by any means. And they both climb that way. 
So my son, he's it's not really his thing. He'll come in, and I think he's pretty good. But um, my daughter, she's actually going to be in the the rec club at Rock Quest oh, sweet. this uh, this coming fall. So I'm excited for that. And she's lean and mean, so uh, I didn't want to press them into it. I never really wanted to be the parent that forced their kids sure. to do their activities. So so that's been a personal battle. But I think I've won. I've been good. They have their own kind of interests. Sweet. And then uh, you you what what do you do for a living? Mm. So. Uh, Back when the kids were born in Illinois, I was going to graduate school. So uh, I, I got my doctorate in microbiology, and then uh, I wanted to be uh, like a, a professor, but not like the kind that does research, the kind that just teaches. But uh, that was not in the cards, so I landed an R&D job. So I do research and development um, for toothpaste right now. Um, so I'm a microbiologist. I'm a scientist. I'm an R&D scientist. Okay, sweet. My uh, my wife would understand a lot of that. She she's works as a quality control chemist. She comes home and tells me about her job. I'm like, honey, I'm sure that's like that's cool, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tune out now. It's yeah. not. <laughs> but uh, so I, I remember when I went to my my thesis defense, and you know, grad school was something I went to, and and my wife kind of was like, oh yeah, he goes to he goes. It's like a job. He goes and he sure. works and. But she'd never really seen it. And so she came to my thesis defense because you kind of be supportive and that's the thing you do. And she was like, that was a whole other side of you <laughs> that I have never seen. You were using, I'm pretty sure half of what you said weren't actual words in the English language. So, Meh. yeah. <laughs> They're Latin. <laughs> no. Just just technical <laughs> jargon, you know. Yeah. So did has she, do you think you treat rock climbing differently than you do your career? So, did, I mean, for an example, does a different side of you come out in rock climbing than maybe the same way as your career where your wife would have a different uh, version of you present? No. Time? In fact, I I think I'm most, I'm most Ben when I'm out climbing. Like is that is, that is the truest form of myself. <laughs> no, no, that comes, that comes later. Like I think I'm a fairly reserved person in general, but if I'm at a crag and I'm having a good time and I've been camping for a couple of days, I am so loose and happy and it just it just makes me it just makes me very happy. That's cool. So is that something so how did you get into rock climbing cuz that's always kind of something that's interest interested me. I I got into rock climbing through college and then Tyler got into it when he was in high school. So how did you get started? I know you said with your buddy, but yeah. were you guys in college or did you have like a mentor when you first started? No, no, we um we followed a different path. Uh, we followed a path of uh, three idiots out in the woods um, <laughs> with a little bit of knowledge and we learned on our own. So we did a lot of things probably at the beginning that were not the safest. Like one time, so cut my teeth in Southern Illinois, which is a fantastic area to climb. Everyone should try to make it to Jackson Falls. Uh, and the holy boulders at least once in their life especially if they're in in the area because the climbing there is is very unique and i still love it and i still go back there to this day but um so it was a spring break in college with my my two buddies uh luke and shane shane might still climb to this day he became a, a big boulder and went off to japan with jason keel and did all sorts oh, wow. of adventures yeah um name dropping on the podcast <laughs> i i've never met him i don't know anything about him i know shane but, but a shane good friend a, of mine shane, really like my shane friend was adorable. is good friends with him so yeah. I, I mean it's an anyone, illinois thing I, yeah it is an illinois thing it wasn't a huge community um and so we go to a place called uh, draper's bluff 
which was open at the time in Illinois. And we do some of the established climbs. And then because we're idiots and we don't know any better, we just drop a top rope down a random piece of choss. And it's, nice. it's mossy. And we kind of like grovel and dirt our way up it. And I think we videotaped it. But we named it like, so Shane is red hair. So we named it Fire Crotch Run. <laughs> it was just, I look back and I, I cringe. But, you know, we, we just kind of learned on our own. My first lead climb was actually a, a mixed climb that we thought was a sport climb. So I was <laughs> terrified on it, but uh, it ended well. So a lot of, I think, our knowledge was very hard fought. We didn't have mentors. We, we taught ourselves and we're still here. So with that, the reason why I asked you that is because I think everyone depending on how they were first introduced to the sport, they kind of have their own mentality of how they're going to bring another person into the sport. So I'm curious if, did you just let your kids kind of jump into the pool and learn how to swim or did you kind of coddle them or, or anything like that? Have they, have they experienced outdoor climbing? Has it been mostly indoor? Or? Yeah, no, no, they've, they've climbed outside. Uh, they've both top roped and bouldered and I would say I'm a little more, let them bleed, you know, um, let them take falls, let them be scared. I think all that stuff's good for you. I'm a little bit of a, a codger, I think. There you go. <laughs> like people are soft. <laughs> That's true, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I definitely am. Yeah. So, um, well, so, so you, you've got, you know, your, your full-time career, which is, I mean, you've, Got sounds it. boring actually <laughs> you made it sound really boring i was like oh this is a doctor it's gonna be a gangster first of all screw you <laughs> second of all my job is incredible because i get to do different things every day so do you manage anybody at work or do you work on a team what's it like i am more on a technical side um so i don't have any direct reports but um i have a number of projects where i am the technical lead on so i'm responsible for uh designing the experiments making the correct contacts reviewing the data so just to give you an example you know i've had days where maybe you have a couple meetings in the morning maybe you're in the the lab you know white coat goggles that sort of thing and uh end in the afternoon by going out to to someone's home and talking to them about how they feel about toothpaste or cleaning products or what i have, have you. pretty pretty strong opinions on toothpaste so oh i most definitely do personally i'm i'm a crest guy i think that's that's the right answer for what's yeah. worth in but Cincinnati. that's so funny because people really do i mean i feel strongly about my toothpaste i'm like if you give me colgate i'm like do you um, this live under happening. a rock it's ridiculous but you have to be really careful because you're gonna get into another side of me <laughs> and you're gonna, you're gonna have a 45 minute podcast yeah. on toothpaste if you're not careful but so i mean clearly you're very passionate about your career i mean you got your doctorate in it this isn't just like a job to you you you're very much into it um clearly i mean you said your 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 daughter's getting more into climbing does your son have his thing like it, baseball so he's okay that's yeah. that's a pretty time intensive and i'm the head coach this fall oh really yeah so so you're very much involved in your son's his deal yep and you know so and you've been married 15 years so as we get into it i mean how do you i mean the bulk of this podcast really is how do you balance all these because it i mean all of these are full-time commitments you know and so how do you approach this with something multiple avenues that you're extremely passionate about and that do take up a lot of time so can i interject for one second because i think tyler is he's definitely doing a good job of bringing us back to the podcast and out of the toothpaste (laughs) world 
But what I want to do is I kind of want to use this as like a timeline, right? Okay. So that's correct. That's the bulk of the podcast. But walk me through the beginning of the relationship with your wife before the kids were there and just getting really excited with rock climbing and then maybe yeah. her not finding out that it's really something she's interested with. And then we'll kind of move on to, sure. okay, the children are infants. Okay, now the kids can walk and they know daddy's leaving, you know, and then now to this like going into their own yeah consciousness. No, sure. Um, so I don't know that I remember life before kids, to be honest. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got a terrible memory and they're, they're kind of all consuming. Um, what what I so do... So for the podcast, would you... Would you do anything different? Would you still have your kids or no? Absolutely. Oh man, wrong answer. Ugh. Yeah, no. Dude, so you'd guy, be crushing if you didn't have kids. This is probably. this is the guy, Ben. I said so, me and so my one, wife were talking. One, I am I am crushing. Yes. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that too. This is this is the guy said. You know, me and me and the wife were having beginning that conversation, <laughs> yeah. and his literal was the best man at my wedding. The man that I was the best man at his wedding went, I don't know that that's a good idea. So, uh, you so, know. How old are you, Michael? Not old enough. See, like I wanted, I so <laughs> I think if you want to start at the way, way beginning, I had a ton of cousins. So my my mother has nine siblings and my father has four Jeez. siblings. Oh my God. So I have like on the order of 50 to 60 cousins night. that basically grew up Amish? in the same... No, no. Catholic. Come on, man. Oh, Catholic. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I didn't what, know if it was like sense. Southern Illinois had a big Amish. No, no. Following. So I'm from I'm from the Quad Cities, which is north north uh, western Illinois okay. on the Mississippi River. Basically, Iowa. Anyhow, big, big extended family and most of them were in town. So was and I was one of the older cousins. Mm -hmm. So I was used to having kids. So I wanted to have kids at an early age. My my parents had me when they were young and I think my parents are pretty pretty awesome. So um I wanted to be like them. So I wanted to have kids young. Which I I at the, maybe in the moment I was like what was I thinking? <laughs> and now that I'm a little bit past it, I'm totally like yeah, that was the right decision. Have them young and uh it's kind of scary because my son's 12 already and it went by like a blink. I'm like, that wow. kid's going to, he's going to be in college in six years. Anyhow. <laughs> well, that's really nice that you think he'll make it to college. He's, he's, he's a little scattered, I'm but saying, I, I love parents, him. He's going to make it there. My parents didn't have that, that like thorough of a thought for me. So yeah. this is good. So like kids, wanted kids. So we were married. Uh, we were trying to have a baby. It wasn't the easiest thing, so don't take it for granted. That's what um, I hear. Um, for what it's worth. Which I'm hoping it's a real big uphill battle for me, personally. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so I wanted kids. We were trying, and I was in grad school at the time, and climbing was – I just loved it. You know, I loved climbing. Um, that was in Champaign, Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. So it's about three hours if you drive quickly to Jackson Falls. So we would try to make day trips, but, you know – it's somewhat limited and those are those are tiring days it's not like you come home with a lot of gas in the tank and you're not getting home early so when the kids were born i wanted to climb a lot and we had kids and it's important to note so my, my wife is a is a high school math teacher and i was a grad student so i was making like 17 18 grand a year and daycare for two kids was basically $100,000. No, it was like 19. So it was basically my entire yeah, income. Your paycheck went to the daycare. Yeah. So So you had to live off a of high school. Exactly. So I've got that life. I've got two kids and I've got a mortgage and fortunately we didn't have any car payments. So you know, we didn't we didn't do a lot. Um but we we made it work. So you couldn't afford any other hobbies but rock climbing. 
rock climbing's not rock climbing's <laughs> not cheap. You know, I could have taken up like reading, I guess. You yeah, know? you were doing which, that which is a hobby. <laughs> or knitting, that could be yeah. too. My wife knits, so let's not be let's All not right. let's not mock. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> she does say when she goes, she lowers the average age of the the group <laughs> by, by quite a bit. So anyhow, when I want to go off for weekends and climb, she feels. Um, slighted left out like it's like i'm choosing something over the family right which makes you are but keep going absolutely which makes her feel bad but if she holds me back then i'm not getting to do something i love so there was this tension right so i want to go climbing and and i'll stay home but i resent her for it but if i go she resents me for leaving so like how do you resolve that dynamic and and it led to a lot of fights to be honest and so what we figured out was we came up with a contract i would get to go on two climbing trips a year while the kids were young and i was in grad school where i would stay for the whole weekend or a three-day weekend and come home and i could do as many day trips as i wanted on the weekends as long as things were squared away and that system worked really well actually so we, we knew what the rules were and we stayed within those bounds and we made it work for us. And there was no resentment either way. It was, hey, here's my here's my three-day trip in the spring. Here's my three-day trip in the fall. And I'm going to try to do day trips um, when I can. So did does your wife have it? like a, a hobby as intense as rock climbing? Meaning that takes up as much of her time or... Because climbing takes up a ton of time oh yeah yeah it's i mean with the travel the training the the, older i get i mean climbing is a is a greedy mistress right and and a lot of people are like i'm going to give everything to climbing and and now i'm like motivation is the hardest thing after 20 years like i could probably climb harder but like i really like cheeseburgers i really (laughs) like beer i want to go hang out at the water park with my kids and so i think as i get older you know i'm not going to set the world on fire climbing but i i really love it and i still like going out and getting after it but i think as i get older i make more choices that are family oriented when i was in grad school i couldn't have imagined coaching my son's team or signing my son up for select baseball and now that's just like yeah i want to go to those baseball games that's awesome so really you know at the bulk of it you're you're kind of leading into i mean it it's not that you necessarily have to make a lot of compromises more so you just have to be intentional about I guess time management maybe or budgeting that a little bit more intentionally and you know you can't just like oh hey you know Tom's going out for a weekend trip I was going to join him like well hold on there's yeah we've got that's, things that's exactly what I do by the way there's like, there's always a planning aspect and I'm I've, I'm a firm believer that you're always making choices so when I go climbing I am choosing to go climb and I know that I am choosing to not hang out with my family and I am okay with that choice because when I go climbing, I am a happier person overall. And and Jenny can debate this if she wants, but I would argue that I am somewhat of the emotional foundation of the family. So mm-hmm. if I'm in a good place, everyone's in a good place. Sure. So it, it feels selfish, but I think it has benefits that, that work for the whole family. And, and maybe that's just the way I rationalize it. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> now, yeah. did, So you were in Illinois at the beginning of this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Was... Was there a, you said you were in the northern? So so I was born in northwest Illinois, but for 10 years I had been in basically central Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. So I did my undergrad and my graduate work there. there. Was there a climbing gym? In that area, I mean, I know Sowell's like the big yeah. flagship of Illinois, right? No, but. so Sowell's in, in St. Louis. So uh, Upper Limits, which at the time was probably one of the best gyms in the country, right, was in yeah. Bloomington. 
um, which was only about 40 minutes away, um, which, which wasn't bad if you liked indoor climbing and grain silos. Um, so that was, that was nice. There was a local gym. There was a a local gym that, um, was like a, a gymnastics training facility, but they also had a climbing wall. So that was kind of the big place. And then later on in grad school, Illinois built like a new student rec center and they had a fancy entrepreneur wall. Did you spend a lot of time given that you said you set up this, you said contract basically, Mm -hmm. but you know, here's my trips when the other day trips, maybe if I can make it work, did that encourage you to spend more time in the gym or because it was closer to you or were you just, did your climbing take a shift and become less frequent at that point? No, no. I think I've always been, been a gym rat. I, I like getting in. I like sweating. I like working. Okay. It's always been a, a means to an end. Like, I like climbing in a gym, but that's more like exercise and training. To go and, outside. And the passion is totally outside. Okay. So you're not necessarily, for me, I'm kind of, I, I think I'm similar in the sense that like, I get psyched about outdoor climbing. That's more important to me. So if you don't get outdoor, that outdoor experience, does that affect the emotional state? For sure. Okay. Um, like right now, I haven't been to the red in two or three months, and I'm I'm getting like it's like wanderlust. Like I yeah. want I want to go on a trip. I want to go outside. I want to have an adventure, and I can I can feel it just like in my soul. Like I need to go out and do something. So I'm so glad fall is coming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're you're doing the best thing by actually missing out on the red right now. Yeah, <laughs> we miserable. were down there a couple weeks ago, and it's just like we're on the wall going oh, yeah. ugh. This I mean, is miserable. My my first trip to the red was like in in July, and it was like five dudes in like a Pontiac Grand Prix, <laughs> and it was one of my favorite trips ever. No, I, I'm, I mean we were terrible, but it was a lot of fun. I think that's kind of a lot of people's first experiences down there, just because of the whole like a lot of people get into rock climbing when they go to college. I mean that's how I started, and it's like I didn't realize you could climb outdoors, or like I didn't realize the season quote unquote started in the fall, mm-hmm. just because. The only time I could climb outdoors was during, during the summer. summer. Yeah. So, so you made it work. But so we talked a little bit about the dynamic with your wife. Was there anything that made it difficult to leave the kids when they were young to go on a climbing trip? Was it like you had to explain to your kids that, hey, dad's really psyched on this thing? Um, how They were just like oblivious? No, no, I, th- I think they were... I like to think they were oblivious. You'll, um, you'll find out in their teenage years. And, <laughs> may, and maybe... Dad? And maybe now more they they know that I'm gone. I mean, little kids are pretty plastic, um, in the sense that they're adaptable, not made of plastic. That's, that's what you think, man. You're gonna find um, out when they're 15. Maybe. And I and I I like to, I like to bring them with me when I can. But it um, actually that's a lie. I like to bring them with me, <laughs> but not on days that I'm trying to perform because it's a different dynamic. It changes your mindset. You're not there as a climber. You're there as a parent. So climbing is a backseat oh, yeah. to, to your kids being happy and being safe. Yeah, I, 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 had, I went climbing with my buddy Eric, and he has four kids, and we, he had like brought, brought in the whole pack and play, the whole nine yards, and we're climbing, and he's like, I remember that being the worst trip we've ever been on as a climber because he's just getting very frustrated because he's underperforming because he's got four kids on yeah. the ground and they're not even misbehaving, yeah. but you can hear them. Yeah. So yeah, it, it definitely affects your mindset and people, I mean, anyone that's been climbing for a while know that the physical aspect of climbing is like 
30% of it. <laughs> yeah. So did your expectations, so given that, you know, obviously bring having kids with you while you're climbing changes the mental state, but I would, you know, just having kids in general, did your expectations as a climber shift when you, when you had these kids and, you know, did you expect the same out of yourself? Did you make allowances for maybe less consistency or how did, how did that, did it affect your climbing at all or? No, I'm, I'm pretty uncompromising. So I expected just the, the, and greedy, you know, I'm like, I can do, I can have it all. I can, I can have my job. I can have my family and I can climb and I can do all of those things. And, and maybe I have to be more, like you said, intentional about it. Maybe instead of just going into the gym and, and messing around with my friends for four hours, I go in for an hour and a half and I do these four exercises, but okay. I, I can have it all if I, if I choose to. Hmm. So since you kind of limit your outdoor experience and having to perform at some level, do you think that helps you perform at a higher level? Knowing that I'm only going to get, I only, my contract says I get two weekends a year. The contract is over. Oh, contract is over? <laughs> yes. Was there like, a, there's a five-year limit? What was it? So it was, I graduated grad school. And I got a grown-up job, and the the wife didn't need to work anymore. And the kids, the kids being older, is actually probably the biggest part of it. So it's not like, and we have friends locally, so she gets adult interaction. I get adult interaction instead of just sitting in a house with the kids. So moving to Cincinnati was probably one of the high points of my life, and just in terms of climbing and, and overall happiness. First year was a little rough, just because we didn't know anyone. Sure. You're kind of getting to know the ropes, um, but after that, but it's been really good. Uh, <laughs> you said uh, to get in the know the ropes, so I made like a little. Is that what that was? That's what, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just so the, if the <laughs> listeners knew or didn't know, that's what that was about. So, needless to say, regardless, you don't have a infinite amount of time to go outdoors and rock climb. That is, yeah, that is still true. Yeah. So, absolutely. do you feel like because you don't, you have a an actual finite amount of time that you know how to turn it on? outdoors when you need to try hard um i would say yes i mean when i go outside i'm captain try hard regardless Sick. like there's gym you know routes and problems that like i could probably do but i'm like it's a gym problem i don't care that much <laughs> yeah. like i'm not gonna risk uh you know a, a weird shoulder move or a a pocket problem in the gym but outside it's like yeah if i, if I want this i'm going for it um i i think maybe it has steered me more i've always been a fan of on-site climbing more than projecting because i you because know of I, your time <laughs> i have a finite amount of time so it's right. like i don't want to go to the mother load for, for my four trips for the year and go to the same patch of rock and climb it over and over and over again just to get a new personal best um i think that's been changing a little bit because it is nice to to push the numbers up as you get older. So I have spent, you know, maybe the last couple seasons actually going and, and doing just that, going, you know, to the mother load and trying a route. And the the it, it helps to have a group of people and I think rock climbing always comes down to people at the end of the day that are psyched to do the same thing and they're on the same journey as you. Um so I'm like, yeah, if you're projecting, I'm projecting, let's go work the same route. We can be psyched for each other, we can take turns, it'll be awesome. Um, so I've actually gotten a, a decent amount of satisfaction out of that over the past couple of years. Perfect. So um, out of curiosity, can you kind of tell us a little bit about, um, like what's your hardest onsite or hardest red point? 
You like, want, me to, is, you want it, me to spray? You, you don't need to permission spray. to spray. So you don't necessarily need to spray if you don't want to, but to just simply say like, my hardest red point is only a letter grade or a number grade below my hardest on site. No. So can I? Can we do almost? Sure. Yeah. Because I was really close to on siteing triple sec. <laughs> oh, um, that's a good one. Which is also my hardest red point grade. Oh, and, perfect. And so, so, but if you actually go to things that I've on sited, so I've on sited around twelve B, not all around. I've on sited twelve B. Um, and my hardest red point is is 12D, but I've never worked a 13A. So that's kind of been my goal for the past couple years, but injuries. Uh, if you're listening, injuries are the single biggest thing that will <laughs> yeah. slow you down in climbing. So take care of your not body. Kids, not not no, being married. None of those things. <laughs> injuries. Because yeah. there's nothing to do but to, to take the time off and, and deal with it. So either I got hurt or the people I like to climb with got hurt. So a couple lost seasons, but I did fun stuff in the meantime. But yeah, so my on-site grade really isn't that far off my hardest red point. It's two letter grades. And I think that's because, one, climbing in Southern Illinois, those routes are tricky. There are yeah. literally holds that like, if you don't know they're there, they're hidden. You have to like, we, we came up with a technique we called the Braille technique, where you would basically <laughs> just, just feel the rock to find the holds because it's all slightly off vert for, for the most part. And so the rain washes mm -hmm. off any chalk. So it's not like the red where it's like, put your hands on the white holds and put your feet on the black holds. <laughs> um, there's a decent amount and it's way more technical. So not only are the holds not ticked, it's not just a ladder to climb right. up. Not that all of it's the red is a ladder, but... But I mean, but it is. we've even talked, we've, we've had that conversation that the red is a little bit more of a, like an, a fitness test mm -hmm. versus, you know, some of these other places that you do have to work it a little bit more to kind of dial in the movement yeah. so that that definitely does change your your on-site versus red point kind of thing so so what about bouldering because i mean bouldering to me it's i would if i was you which i'm not but i think i would lend myself <laughs> Don't more, say <laughs> i would lend myself to more of a bouldering mentality i don't know if you're more of a boulder or more of a sport climber yeah. but just because that's easier with your time restraints so is that I think in the gym, uh, I spend more time bouldering. I, I really enjoy bouldering, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's lacking a mental component that sport climbing or trad climbing provides. And I think it's that mental component that I really enjoy. I like bouldering. So, so bouldering for me is the component? opposite. What's that? Fear. Oh, Oh, you're scared. Fear. Oh, yeah. See, oh, yeah. Get scared. I'm still scared 20 years later. <laughs> well, it's it's fear and there's an endurance thing, right? A fitness a fitness factor, mm -hmm. especially at the red. Bouldering is like I'm the opposite. Bouldering, I like working problems. Um, whereas route climbing, like I mentioned, I like to on-site. But bouldering, I think the satisfaction for me there comes in figuring out beta that works yeah, for me. It's a puzzle. So it you get that like plus my ah, there it is plus my endurance is terrible so i'm a better <laughs> boulderer than route climber which um yeah that's unfortunate given what i what i like to do or where you live geographically yeah <laughs> so did you find it hard to have a climbing partner because of your situation meaning like for me for an example like my wife's my climbing partner i'm super fortunate i can if i call her up she's gonna bully me anywhere in the world if i wanted her to so for you being a father and, and having a career, was it hard to find somebody to take these trips with? Or, I mean, that sounds difficult. Yeah. I, and I think finding, so I used, I was infamous or famous. I don't know. Take your pick. I had, I had a list when I was at Illinois and the list was climbing partners ranked by, by desirability. 
and you know it was things like do they flake you know <laughs> are they are they competent are they going to kill me do we have do they drive me nuts after a yeah. couple of days um and I actually had a physical list at one point, and now it's more of a more of a more of a run, little black book, more of, of a running more of a running joke that I that I enjoy. But you know, it's when you find a group of people that forms, for lack of a better word, like a little clique in rock climbing. That is a beautiful thing. So I, I had it at Illinois. Um, there's a climbing club there. I don't think I was ever officially a member. I don't think I paid dues. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> they they lose a lot of weight. <laughs> But I, I, you know, I was part of, I was the, they called me old balls for a, for a long time. <laughs> I was like, balls. I was so like they, 26. Was like a <laughs> yeah, but you've got the kids, right? So <laughs> yeah. you're old, you're, you're dad now. Sorry. <laughs> they, they had at least the, the decency to tone it down to OB, which I pretended was like Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, OB, it's a Jedi OB. thing. Um, uh, you would be a Star Wars nerd. So, and of course they were like, they were undergrads while I was a graduate. And so I've always, I think, connected with the younger people better because I'm not very mature. Um, <laughs> I, I will support that yeah, yeah. I agree but um, so that worked out but they had a lot more time so they would be going down every weekend and I could jump in so it wasn't always like I had one partner but there was like a good core group a stable of partners people going down that you know you could have a good time with definitely and then towards the end uh, I I started climbing with uh, Robin Snader call it to Robin um who's been my long-term partner for like 15 years now. And we go and do stupid stuff. That's uh, awesome. I probably drive him nuts after a couple of days. Cause our personalities are oddly the same, but very, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I mean, that's Tyler and I, yeah. like we drive each other nuts, um, so. but we've, we've had some really good time. So I've been fortunate in that. And, uh, he's, he's got a good job. He's in Kansas city. So, you know, a couple times a year we get together and, and we have a good time. So he'll be down for, for Oktoberfest. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then in, in Cincinnati, there's a good people, a group of people at RockQuest that I've been able to, to fall in with. And they really motivate me. I think it's way more easy to be motivated when you have people you enjoy being out with. I oh, think. certainly. And I've always, I always give the plug. Like, I feel like RockQuest is a pretty welcoming climbing community um that's pretty i think unique but uh it's really cool to see you know with all the things we do there that you have people from all walks of life unifying around one thing so it's cool because i've I've moved up here and tried to get a job and then it specifically was like okay i don't want to work in a climbing gym again and i ended up there anyways and then you know months a month later it's like okay this is <laughs> this is who i spend my time with now so yeah um, so you've got you know and and you mentioned so your daughter's now decided like she wants to get into more organized climbing i guess we'll say um how do you as a as, as a dad like i mean obviously you're stoked because the thing you like now you know your kids getting into um I'm always interested in that dynamic because I see a lot of in the youth programming, I see a lot of the helicopter parents are usually the climbers and sometimes that like hinders the the enjoyment of the kid uh, versus sometimes the kid definitely like, no, I want my, my dad in here watching me all the time. What What's that dynamic for you and your daughter? Is it like, you know, a father daughter thing you do together? Is it like you both want to enjoy it, but is she killing your vibe? Right. No. Or the other no. way around actually is what I'm more interested like do you find that she wants you to be around or is it like let me do my thing and that kind of that kind of dynamic. Um 
I would, I would never describe myself as a helicopter parent. So, and I'm, and I'm not going to push her, so I'm not going to be around. I'm going to, if she enjoys it and it, it, it sings to her the way it sings to me, that's fantastic. But I'm, I'm never, you know, I've seen kids that have burned out in a number of sports and I don't, I don't want to be the causative agent of that. So if she ends up liking it, I'm going to be so excited. But if she doesn't, that's fine. And maybe she does climbing club. Maybe she goes into slopers, whatever. Maybe it, maybe it dies off after a couple of years, but maybe she goes to college and it all comes back. I don't know. So I'm not going to force it. I just really enjoy watching her climb. And I think she's a badass regardless. Um, we used to call her Lucifer when she was a baby because <laughs> she was so fierce. Her brother was, you know, 18 months, 19 months older than her, and he would mess with her, and she would get this look on her face, like, oh yeah, and she would <laughs> grab, <laughs> she would grab two handfuls of hair, and we'd have to bail him out. <laughs> and even today, she maybe weighs like 50 pounds, soaking wet, but she's ferocious. So I, I really enjoy watching her climb, just stylistically. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm gonna push it. And I think, I think she likes showing off for me to a certain extent but you know at the end of the day I, I don't know if it's her passion or not I think that's just going to take take time to determine I think that's actually a really cool dynamic I mean the like healthy competition with climbing so I think it's super cool and I see that too you know the kids that are like my dad's a climber so I do want to be good at it but you know I, I definitely know the kids where their their parents are like I want you to enjoy it so I'm just going to like do your thing and I'm here cheering you on um but like I said, I'm always interested in that dynamic because I, you know, obviously as, as as someone who works in the gym and, and kids is part of the conversation yeah. now, like I love the idea of climbing with my kids, but I'm like, okay, at what point do I push versus like, hey, I'm here. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's uh, a parent's big question in life in general sure. is, is how, how hard do I push versus let them do it on their own and I think I, I probably, I'm competitive by nature. So I probably push a little bit more. And my I think my wife is a little bit more, let them develop at their own pace. So I think we're a good two component system. Oh, like if sure. she thinks I'm going a little bit too far, she'll be like, hey, pump the brakes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's healthy to push kids. I think it's healthy for kids to fail. Um, and I think a lot of climbing is about failure. Um, I, a lot, try all of it, right? I mean, if you're not failing, climb harder, right? It's it's funny because, you know, thinking about career and climbing, you know, my my career has never helped my climbing other than, I guess, financial freedom. But, <laughs> that's that's um, the only thing. reason why we get careers. <laughs> Fair enough. It's for financial freedom. But my climbing has helped my career so much because of the things it's taught me about myself I remember during my interview, they're asking you the the questions, right? It's uh, one of these uh, context type interviews where they ask you, how did you respond to the situation? And a lot of the times I would go to climb. When was a moment of adversity? Well, I'm big into rock climbing and I know that doesn't relate to the job, but I was in this high stress situation, and, you know, and it would come back to that and it, that interview went great. And I think I used two or three examples from rock climbing sure. in my job interview. And just in terms of approaching adversity, I think climbing prepares you very well for a, a broad variety of situations. So has it helped you as a, as a husband, as a parent as well? I mean, have you been the, the same kind of correlations? Outside of like uh, maintaining my mental health, <laughs> right. um, 
I think so. I think it instill like right. There's. I was just talking to to Lily tonight actually because she wanted to know if I was if I knew anything about some sort of engineering course, and I was like, no. <laughs> but I feel like there is uh, an overrepresentation of engineering and other analytical types in climbing because I, just I think a ballet class with four engineers, yeah. lead class with four engineers. Because I think the problem solving and the things that go into a lot of climbing appeal to that kind of of brain type for for lack of a better word i lost my train of thought well I was, you, know, I asked, <laughs> you know you mentioned that your climbing had helped your yeah. career did it did you see the same positive effects as a husband and as a father uh, i mean you meant the the like the therapy almost the mental state yeah. of just getting out and climbing but the adversity and all that has it helped maybe prepare you as a father who wants your kids to experience said fear or whatever, yeah. you know, that kind of, th- that, I, that kind of thing. I think well. so. I think, I think that, adver- I, mean, I think one, the, the point I, I was remembering now <laughs> is the people that like climbing are predisposed to thinking in a certain way, Sure, but it gives you experience, real time experience in those kinds of places. And that translates to less stressful situations, maybe or at least managing said stressful situations. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's been, I think it's been good. I'm, I'm pretty, unflappable i think in general so um not on the wall for sure <laughs> cry whimper have you listened to our wobbler episode yet because that was the whole thing i don't get i don't get angry i get i get oh, okay I, yeah it's it's more of a scared my what? my disappointment is more of the silent brooding type i think mm. so when you say that you're competitive do you ever feel like you're com- you're competitive against other people or are you just competitive in yourself and your own climbing oh both for sure Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So when I showed up to Cincinnati, right, I was coming from Illinois, and I was a decent climber there, so I was like a, a medium-sized fish in a small pond. And I showed up to RockQuest, and Chris Hampton was bouldering that day, and I was like, I'm going to keep up with that guy. <laughs> nope. I totally failed, but that did not stop me from trying. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So do your kids, like, does your daughter know your level of climbing? So does she know, like, she's maybe working on V1, V2s, and then she sees her dad crushing V8s. Is, you know, does that correlate to the, to her yet? Or No, and in, I think in general, people that are climbing naive can't look at a problem, even if it's taped as hard, and be like, oh, I can see where that's hard. So, I mean, she sees me doing, like, hard stuff, and she knows it's hard because I tell her, your dad is incredible. Watch me do this. I mean, there aren't many people right now that can do this. But I don't, I don't think she has a good sense of, you know, V1 is this much easier than V2 is this much easier than V3. It's just... She knows what she can climb and anything else is hard. It's, it's not even that. It's I can climb this and it's fun. I think that's the level she's at right now. Perfect. So, again, you know, the purpose of our podcast is to bring information to people and what would be your advice for navigating uh, rock climbing to your spouse? Meaning that, so you're in a situation where you married somebody who doesn't rock climb, who has their own goals and aspirations, but you are still drawn to rock climbing. How, how did you guys come to come to that contract? Is there a way that we could save people from getting in fights with their spouse <laughs> and have to learn is that the what this way. is all about you guys want your own therapy session no my <laughs> wife rock climbs. My, wife, my wife climbs too but i mean we both know people whose significant others don't rock climb yeah. and that is a act i mean i'd say a majority it's a significant that's a battle that i you know that you face i don't i don't know that it needs to be i think i think open lines of communication and 
you asked if she had anything that took up like hobbies that were like equally demanding. Sure. And and I think in that case, the answer was no. And I think the, a lot of the conflict arose from that because I was totally willing to give her weeks, weekends, whatever to devote to her passion, but it, her passion was the family, right? right? So she couldn't really understand where I was coming from. Um, but I, I think having like, Hey, I, I know this is hard, but I need to do this for me. How can we make, you know, just, just communicate. It's a marriage, right? Communication well, is, is, the, is the way to go. So um, you're saying, you know, make it obviously display like the importance of it to you, but not coming in so strong. Like I'm going to do this regardless, but no, it, but I mean, it, it's a conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to make your point of view known and, and felt, but yeah, you, being declarative in a marriage is never really <laughs> sure. a good a good recipe for for success. Right, write that down. <laughs> so, uh, do you do marriage counseling? Too? Yeah. Cause, uh... <laughs> so, I mean, what about kind of like because again, rock climbing is both male and female. Have you ever had the have the conversation like has your has has jealousy ever been not only in the rock climbing? And I'm not calling your wife jealous or anything. I don't know, but having to explain the fact that like, Hey, I'm going to go on these climbing trips and there are going to be other women there or, or what, or anything like that. Have you, I mean, look at me. So, so no, no, that's, <laughs> that's why you're that's, on a podcast. That's, that's, so that's, as far as the <laughs> listeners know, you're like tall, dark and handsome. Right. right. Who knows? And you're not you know, five foot four, 300 pounds. Let's, let's go with, with tall, dark and handsome. I, yeah, we can go with that. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying, is that, is that something that you've ever had to explain? Like, I mean, that's more of a more personal thing in a, in a marriage. No, no. I, I think... What about safety? What about just, I mean, your wife... Your wife so that's, really? that's, I think, a bigger issue. So on the on the jealousy thing, you know, I think I, when I was younger, I was a little bit of a womanizer. <laughs> Even before the marriage, I love women. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. But, but Amen, I'm, brother. <laughs> but I've always, I've always somewhat had my, my head on straight, and I'm head over heels for my wife, so it's never really been... If she's been concerned about it, I haven't heard, and and the people I that climb with, she, she doesn't believe that you could get anybody else. Right. Maybe that's <laughs> it. it. Helps to me. Yeah. I always tell people marry out of your league, and that solves a lot yeah, of problems yeah. right there. So so I, I I don't really know. It's never really come up as a as a problem. I don't. One of the things I learned very early on is is don't put yourself in situations where you can be stupid. So uh, uh, I think that has gone a long way. As far as the safety thing, I think that's a, a big thing because. Um, it's climbing, right? It's, it's dangerous. And so last fall I did my first ever multi-pitch with Robin, who was, uh, I talked about earlier and, uh, we decided to do squaw struck in, uh, rock Canyon in Utah, which is the second or third longest multi-pitch yeah, route say, in the world. So now we went from having no, like oh, we're man. single pitch sport climbers and now we're going to do multi-pitch and we're going to do a big one and we're going to do it in the middle of the summer and it like bakes in the sun all day. So, Good so, um, so she had some concerns so about that. So you have a doctorate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how, <laughs> how are you so smart? They'll, they'll just give those anybody. Yeah. Apparently. Like apparently. So, like... so, so to a certain extent, having a doctorate is not about your brain. It's about strong fingernails. <laughs> yeah. If you can hold, if you're a good rock climber, right. you can have a doctorate. You can, doctorate. If you can hang on. <laughs> so you said, so, you know, that that's a, a large climb. Yeah. And I mean, on the one hand, you can argue like the mechanics are not that different. There's a couple extra steps. It was known to be chossy. 
Right, was but the, to the a big non-climber, issue. you're going to bring in multi-pitch. That's terrifying. Yeah. I, I mean, you're climbing hundreds and hundreds of feet. How did you navigate that with your wife? Like, this is what I want to do. And well, I mean, I had been at that point climbing for 19 years. So, and, and she knows that I don't take uncalculated risks. And I hope to God my mother never listens to this because <laughs> she is very much on, you are not safe. You're an idiot. Why are you rock climbing? Go read a book. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I felt like I prepared in a strategic way. I practiced everything I needed to do for multi-pitch. To be honest, it's not rocket science. The whole thing is bolted. So it was right. a bit, it was oh, basically a sport multi. It was, yeah. So yeah, oh, it's wow. not trad. I'm, it's not like I'm suddenly learning to place gear because that's, that is somewhat off limits with the marriage. And I've kind of respected that even though okay. doing this route the past fall has kind and of. And that's been a conversation? That has been a conversation. So no trad climbing. No trad climbing. Okay. I can and follow. You can, but, and, and, but so, I, I mean, you said you're a sport climber, but, and as am I, I've never really had an interest in trad anyways. It's so slow and boring. I'm sorry, trad climbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so that wasn't a hard conversation for you. Like, Hey, I'd rather you not do this. Okay, fine. Every, every once in a while I have interest in it, not because trad climbing in itself appeals to me, but because there's lots of high places you can go. There's adventures you can adventures, have. Sure. Um, and at the end of the day, I like chasing adventure. But that was the one, you know, that that's the one thing. She said no trad like, climbing no and I and so far I've been like that feels reasonable. Okay. So well, yeah. Well, all I was gonna say is moving forward, how have you been able to get better at rock climbing when having all these responsibilities? Because yeah. you talked about training and, and whatnot, but I, I kinda wanna know just how how have you prioritized something or keep up the fitness? Because rock climbing is it comes and it goes. You can get fat really fast. <laughs> so. so I've been somewhat intentional about about not getting fat. I think I I do have like a you know like a hibernation in the winter because the holidays. So I, I typically put on five in the fall. See, not in the fall, <laughs> oh, in the winter. I was, oh, okay. I'm over here being like fifteen, like whatever. I put on five. That's that's one bad meal, man. Come on. <laughs> and then I, I lose it as summer approaches, but. I think a lot of it comes to being intentional and, and making choices and knowing knowing your time is finite. And so, yeah, I want to rock climbing. A big part of the appeal of rock climbing for me is the socialization aspect, but sometimes it, I value improving more. And so I'm going to be a little less talky to my, you know, some, some days, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen that. I go into the gym and I just sit by myself and I do my thing, um, even though people I know are there. And I think that's sometimes the cost. And then you there's so much rock climbing training information out there. I don't need to tell you guys that. So you just pick up on something that works. So I'm an R&D scientist, so I'm a numbers geek. So, you know, one of the big, I think, exercise or sports science things is the, the SADE principle. I think that's it. Specific, adaptable, something, something. Basically, do something that you will, will, that is directly relevant to the activity you're doing and track the load and increase the load over time. So for me, the big one initially was hangboarding. So I started hangboarding and there you just track the weights you add. So, oh, I did a four finger crimp and I took off 10 pounds this week. And the week after that, I took off five pounds. And the week after that, I did body weight. And then I add, so you can see your progress. Um, 
Which so, is by far the smartest way to do hangboard because people go immediately to, to weight. To body weight, yeah. No, they go immediately to weight. Oh, adding I'm gonna, weight? Yeah, I'm going to add 20 pounds. Yeah, no, that's idiotic. And then they explode their fingers and then they end oh, up yeah, track we, climbing we for the rest of their life. We had to with our, our and, and Becca could tell you with the slopers, like she had to explicitly not let the kids hangboard because that's what they want to do. And it's like, stop. But but keep going. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. So, I mean, on, on hangboarding, I... I love hangboarding at the beginning. I love hangboarding because it produces results. Um, initially, I loved hangboarding because it produced results. And now I, I am to the point where I have to add so much weight towards the end of the strength training sessions that I I don't enjoy it. It's ripping my skin up. The gains are minimal. So I've kind of disfavored hangboarding in the in the recent past, but there's a lot of different training philosophies out there, and I've I've flirted with a lot of them, and uh, you know you don't have to be an expert to to get decent gains as long as you're as long as you have a plan and you stick to the plan and you're increasing your load. It's, so currently, then what? Without getting too in, I mean, because this is less about training mm-hmm. and more you, but. Um, currently do you have, what does a weekly plan? Yeah. Cause you're, I, I see you in the gym all the time and there's nothing and you said it. There's nothing unintentional about, you can't afford to be unintentional about your climbing. Oh, sometimes you do. I mean, at the end of the day, that's fair. So 20 years on, right. So I, I said my, my, my biggest struggle anymore is motivation and that's okay. true right now. I'm really motivated. So I'm I, training is easy, but if I'm not motivated, if you're, if you're not having fun climbing, you're not going to train because you're like, what's the point? This is stupid. Sure. I hate this. Um, but yeah, recently, so I've done, I've done the Anderson brothers. So that's, uh, their rock prodigy, uh, rock climbers training manual is what they came out with, which grew out of the rock prodigy, uh, document. Um, when Chris first launched, uh, power company, I got a plan from him. Um, and then most recently I've been doing climb strong. So a day, uh, a, a week for me is four days on one day off and then four days on and two days off, which at my age is kind of been challenging because the tendonitis wants to creep in. At your age, that's pretty, I mean, four days on is pretty intense regardless. Yeah. Well, it's, it's smaller sessions, so they're okay. kind of bite-sized. So it's like warm up, do 45 minutes and then do some mobility type exercises and you're out of there. So the volume or maybe the intensity is down. But the frequency is up. So are these things you're doing at lunch or something? No, or, no. I come okay. in. I come in after, after work, work or after like my son has as baseball practice. So I'll come in after that. And sometimes it's late. Sometimes I come in at eight and I'm dead beat and I don't want to be there. But by God, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. A lot of it's just about discipline, right? You know, Absolutely. and and putting in the time. If you want, to, if you want to improve, you've got to put in the time. Uh, so one of the activities is basically come in and do as many on-site level boulder problems as you can in 45 minutes and then you you write them down so okay today i did v45 worth of of boulder problems in in 45 minutes and then maybe the next session's a little bit different it's more about uh power endurance and then there's a a cool down session then maybe do the same session and now instead of v45 you want to do v48 um, and then you can do the, the average number so you can track your, your volume and your average difficulty and you just want to see those trend up. And sure. so, and, and knowing the numbers definitely motivates me. Like, Oh, last time I did, I did 15 V fours. So right. this time I want to do, I want to do 15 V fours and two V fives. Can I do it? Let's see. Yeah. Do the V fives first. That's how. 
So, but that's the thing. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, how much of this improvement is just I'm I've I've dialed the problems in and I'm strategizing better versus I'm actually getting stronger. But I don't think too much about that. That's good. I wouldn't if I was. So so I'm a scientist. I'm going to overanalyze things. <laughs> right, it's, just, right. it's just how it works. So, uh, you know, again, we, as Michael said, we want this to be, you know, a learning experience, not just for us, but we, you know, I, we know we do have listeners that are parents, husbands, wives, career, whatever. Um, as far as like a training, I mean, and you're climbing at a level where training's part of getting better. I mean, at this point, you're climbing hard enough where you can't just spend more time in the gym. You know, I mean, you got to be a little bit more specific, yeah. but you know, regard speaking outside of that, you mentioned your diet, you mentioned the intentionality. I mean, if you were to put like the huge priority for dad, a who wants to, who, who wants to take climbing seriously, I mean, is, is diet really key is just spending, being intentional about climbing, finding a training program that works for you. I mean, what would you recommend? All of the above. All of the above. I mean, okay, fair, so, fair so I, I think uh, I think in recent years, I mentioned hangboarding. I've found to be super unenjoyable lately. So I'm, I feel like I'm at a point where I'm not going to get a whole lot stronger without a lot of suffering. And so it's certainly not inspiring. So if I, if I had to make if I had to make like a theme of what I want to talk about, it's always about choices. So you have to make choices. Do you do you want to be a better climber? Do you want to be a better parent? You have to you have to know what choices you're making. And okay. like and like just choosing not and and just not doing something, you have to realize that that's a choice yeah. too, yeah. right? So you're always making choices. So I've make I've made a choice to not hangboard anymore because I don't enjoy it. So lately I've been like, okay, I'm not going to get stronger. I could get lighter. So I have made diet a bigger part of of life in general. And I think that has multi so I can climb harder. Hopefully I'm healthier so I live longer for my kids. So sure. like there's multiple benefits. Uh but it's hard because I like cheeseburgers and beer, right? And I, in the summer ice cream. Oh jeez, ice cream. Oh, I hear you. Some idiot has a box of ice cream sandwiches at Rockquest in the freezer. I eat probably two of those every time I work. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> we we uh, a family thing. We'll go to Kroger after baseball games and pick up pints for everybody. For everybody. For Jeez. everybody. I you know it, I didn't realize until like my senior year of college that a pint is not one serving. <laughs> so so that's my issue. So the entire family, you know, they have five bites and then they put it in the freezer because they're decent human beings. No, I'm a slob and a pig, and There's I'm still food left. I'm it's taking down over. the full thousand calories in my Ben and Jerry's. You, you don't know. stop eating when you're full. No, you stop eating when there's nothing yeah. left. Is, I'm, I'm competitive. I beat you all. <laughs> I finished my ice cream to the scale. You what the idiots! Scale. You guys didn't even eat all your ice cream, but I did. It was actually, I remember when someone stole that joy from me because we had gotten pint, like pints of ice cream together. It might have been like an ex-girlfriend or something, but I immediately threw away the lid. And she was like, <laughs> what the hell? She said, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to eat my ice cream. She goes, you're going to eat all of it? And I said, if, yeah, that's what this is. And she goes, do me a favor, turn the pint around and servings? read how many serving sizes that is. Yeah. And I was like, eh, this is America, not Russia, so we yeah. can do whatever we want. You're like, I, I don't think it's working out with yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need you to leave. This isn't going to work. Yeah. So, more importantly, we only have a finite amount of time, just like you, Ben. So, I think at some point we're going to have to wrap up the podcast well, just because yeah. we're, we're, we're running running low on time. But 
first off, I want to thank you for being here because luckily for me, I couldn't have this conversation just with Tyler personally. <laughs> yeah, we don't have kids or I work at a climbing gym, so my career is not really on the line here. But uh, So we definitely needed some better insight and I think what you're going to do is you're going to prepare um, a lot of people, maybe even including me, um, on how to handle having kids and, and furthering my career because I, I do have a career, but I'm in the, the earlier stages of it. But um, is there anything... Any advice you would give to somebody other than just work on communication and like being intentional on getting better at rock climbing? Is this the strongest you've ever been or have you seen like plateaus or have you, you know, digressed in your climbing ability or? I guess what are you, like managing expectations kind of thing or? No, nah, screw I expectations. Think, I screw expectations. I think don't, don't be in a hurry and don't let climbing get too greedy. If you love it, let it, let it come to you. I mean, for a long time I thought I would, I'll never climb 510. And then I climbed to 510. And then, oh, I'll never climb 511. That's like a whole different world. Oh, yeah, you started 20 years ago. So that was actually a big deal. Yeah, 511 20 years ago <laughs> was pretty hard. It was the same difficulty <laughs> as it, it is never now. Got any harder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then 512. And now I'm like, actually, now I'm like, well, 513, that feels pretty reasonable, actually, if I just worked at it. Um, so I'm not. I'm not in a hurry as much as I as I used to be. So I think if you if you go about things with a plan and you stick to the plan and you you like what you're doing, you're you're going to end up in a good place. You, there's no hurry. Climbing is one of these activities you can do for your entire life. And if you want it to, it can take up all of your life and I think that's a little silly at this point. But you're I mean you just said, you know, 513, that's not such a big deal. So having kids is not the end all be all of your climbing career having a full-time job that you need to pay that's not i mean you can climb out essentially what you're saying at whatever level you want to well i think there's some genetic aspect to it i'm never going to climb 14 but but i don't think that's accurate actually you don't know because again I, i it's a lot of the first off 514 you can climb a 14a you don't have to climb a 514d um and you could find one that fits your style but of course, it's like I think one of the number one things we you need guys to stop with the motivational doing, talk. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> we believe you, in you. So yeah. I think the best part of what Ben was talking about is like he said he's not as um, focused on the timing aspect anymore. Right. And if I was as old as Ben, I would be very focused <laughs> on it because I'm like I'm going to have to retire soon. Regardless, I'm gonna start getting arthritis in my fingers. Oh. I better start climbing. You say that Mike Wheatley climbs harder than I ever was. Uh, so yeah, whatever. but he's he whatever. Arthritis so, isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make a leave for a reason, right? So, but as somebody kind of coming up in their age and that being somewhat frightening to some extent, and you kind of running into the the sun sunset <laughs> when it comes to your age, and you're Golly, not man. and you're not being frightened at it. What is he? Is he digging his grave right <laughs> yeah. now? One foot on the sunset other. years. Yeah, right. Um. I think the big thing we need to do is stop putting grades on pedestals and saying like, there's, I hate when people say they'll never do anything. And I know you're not being serious, but you might be, who knows? But regardless, it's everything. We find out very quickly that everything that we put on a pedestal, we eventually grow to see eye to eye with. So yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, I mean, given that, like I said, at some point we got to finish it out. I can, I can walk us out. Uh, but yeah, Ben, once again, thank you so much. Um, that was, as, as we always like to say, the goal is we, me and Michael want to learn 
as much as anyone listening. I mean, that's why we want people on here. So yeah. super stoked to have you on here and talking about that. Um, once again, this is Tyler and Michael. We're Better Climbing Beta. We, uh, we thank you guys for listening. And uh, as I always like to say, uh, drop a comment on Facebook. Shoot us an email. We're, we're reaching the point where we're really wanting to know, hey, what do you guys want to listen to? What do you guys want to hear about? So uh, hit us up and let us know what you'd like a, an episode of the podcast to be about. Other than that, as always, thanks for listening. And I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah.